Okay, hello. Welcome to episode 321 of Sack King's Therapy. Uh, we are coming to you uh, today, August 8th, 2013, uh, in the midst of the news drought. But we got a little bit of a sprinkling. Uh, these the basically just today and yet last night, which we were actually supposed to record last night, but um, Fong, Fong fell asleep, so we couldn't <laughs> we couldn't record. And yeah, you want to explain yourself? Yeah, took a nap, overnapped, <laughs> but I guess it's a good thing because all this news just all of a sudden popped up. So <laughs> yeah, sometimes things the cosmos everything just works out. It works out. And uh, yeah, so fortunate we do we do actually get some news. So and yeah, over napping is actually a word now. So that, that's the first time I've ever heard that word. I know. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so uh, before we actually get into the news that came uh, last night and tonight uh, or, or today, uh, we'll start with uh, the Kings preseason schedule. It was released like earlier in the week, but we didn't have an episode because holy shit, I'm not doing an entire episode on that. But now that we have enough, let's uh, get over it uh, or go over it. I mean, so the Kings preseason schedule. So uh, they released their schedule. So their first preseason game will be against the Raptors uh, on October 8th in Vancouver. So that's actually pretty cool. Yeah, that's pretty interesting. Too bad it's not the Grizzlies. <laughs> That'd be a interesting matchup, especially, you know, Grizzlies formerly, yeah, formerly Vancouver Grizzlies. Yeah, now that you mentioned it, that is interesting. But they, uh, they, you know, they clearly. Well, I don't think he can play in preseason games either. Like Jaw's not going to be there, so not that it's going to mean anything. But yeah, that actually would be pretty interesting. But no, we're playing the Raptors because they are also in Canada. Yeah, unless the Grizzlies and Raptors have their own schedule, maybe for Vancouver. But I mean, who knows? Uh, on October eleventh, we will be facing the Lakers in. LA, but it's not it's not in the, the Staples Center or Crypto.com Arena. It's going to be in Anaheim. I forgot the arena they're going to be in, but they're going to be playing in Anaheim instead. That's pretty interesting because I swore at the time I thought the Kings were going to move to Anaheim at one point. We 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 were, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I guess uh, a little snippet of what it could have been, but you know, will never happen. Um, I'm guessing the Kings are going to stop by Disneyland during that day just for fun. I'm going uh, to Disneyland. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, yep. Maybe. I mean, they're only like, literally two hour flight away to all of that stuff. So, I mean, I guess why not? Uh, next up after that will be on October 15th. Uh, it will be against the Warriors in the golden one center. So we'll be coming back to Sacramento and uh, yeah. So that, you know, a little bit of a rematch of the playoff series. Hopefully there is no fight because <laughs> I don't really want to see that in a preseason game. There's no reason for it. Yeah. I mean, don't want any suspensions before the actual season comes around. And it will be instigated by Tremont. Like King Kings, I don't think are going to do much to really actually like, you know, I don't think they're I don't think they're agitators like Draymond's going to find something to be agitated about, probably. So I'm just going to predict it right now. Draymond's going to try and start some shit and the Kings are just going to back off and just let him have his little temper tantrum. <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, they will be facing the Warriors again three days later on October 18th in the Chase Center. So we'll be going to San Francisco uh, and then for some goddamn reason uh, on a back to back the next day. The Kings come back to the Golden One Center to play the Jazz. A fucking back-to-back -back in a preseason game. Who the fuck scheduled that? Uh, I don't know. I mean, what, do we have a day of when the actual season starts? We we do not, actually, because uh, the rumor is they're trying to figure out the midseason tournament. So it's going to take a little longer for the actual season, for the actual season schedule to be released. Mm, I see. Huh. I mean, as long as we have a big break, I guess it should be fine. I mean, it'll give us practice of having back-to-backs again, I guess, when the regular season rolls around. Well, get ready to see, like, the 20th man on the roster play. Like, whoever that's going to be, like, Jordan Ford and, like, Namias Keita. Like, yeah, expect, a, expect the starters to rest in that game. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. 
Well, speaking of uh, Namias Keda, so um, this was so I did write these notes down before it was announced that he he was resigned. So today he was resigned to a standard NBA contract. So we will be taking a roster spot. But uh, ju just before that, I'll read my notes from yesterday. James Ham in his uh, article said that the talks have gone quiet, and you know. So he he put it in there that Portland had interest in Kada. Um, he he was a restricted free agent, so they could have they could have thrown him an offer sheet, and like the Kings would have had the option to match. He also had the option of going overseas, but uh, reportedly Namias Kada didn't want to stay uh, in the NBA and just didn't like would prefer not to go overseas. Would prefer to stay in the NBA. But today we do have the answer of what he's going to do, and it is going to be staying with the Kings. Hmm, that's interesting. Uh, I'm assuming for minimum. Uh, yeah. So like standard contract usually just means minimum. Hmm. And you, yeah, we talked about this uh, right before we started recording. I the the details have not been released about the deal yet, but I assume that him and Nerlens Noel are going to duke it out in training camp. And, you know, I, I'm guessing it's probably a non-guaranteed contract. And like, if you make train, if you make it past training camp, you get an extra bonus. I, I assume they're going to duke it out in uh, training camp. And whoever plays better is the one that's going to win that final center spot. Yeah, I guess we shall see. Yeah. So interesting times. I am glad that Nimi is going to stay here. He showed a lot of potential. I, I he showed. I think he showed a lot in in summer league and the California Classic. Even though his stats didn't like pop out um, off off the off the charts or off the off the page, but like there was a lot of stuff that I was very encouraged by. But I think his offensive game in particular needs a lot of refining. And we mentioned like you know the core strength, the lack of really good rebounding, like good fundamentals on that end. But I think defensively he's he's really good, but like the offense, like just he needs a lot of polish and a lot of work on that end. And we'll see if like there's it. We'll see like you know if he can make a pass training camp and if he can show something. Yeah, and you know don't forget the legs too. But uh, I feel like yeah, definitely. I mean, you said this before. If he were to play in uh, kind of our team setting, unlike how the summer league was played, I feel like. He would grow a lot more, definitely. Uh, especially, uh, especially. Hopefully, he could show up in this uh, training camp. Yeah, we'll see how things go. Well, it's good to see that he's back, at least for now. Mm. And you know, the details will be released uh, soon. But uh, yeah, Nimi is back, and I'm happy about that. Oh yeah. All right. Next up on my uh, notes docket. Um, Davion had an interview with Deuce and Mo, a very good interview. Go check it out. Really good interview by uh, Deuce and Mo. And Davion's a, always a really good conversation, especially if you want to talk about basketball or just listen to you know pros talk about basketball. What stuck out to me is that he's really self-aware of his capabilities and his shortcomings. Um, he like he he literally just he literally said that like he. The reason why he didn't play in Game Seven was because they his shooting just wasn't up to par, and guess what? He's gonna he spent the whole entire summer working on a shooting. He he has switched agencies. He switched from CAA to uh, Octagon, I believe it's called the agency that Steph is in, and because he's in the same agency, he was introduced to Brandon Payne, Steph's trainer, and he's been working with him all summer about you know just how to like you know uh, fix up his shot and just. You know, he talked a lot about like using his core to shoot and talked about his breathing. So I'm I'm encouraged to see like if there's going to be a, a, a significant improvement to shooting. But just really, really good to hear it from like a player who's just so self-aware and not afraid to just like look himself in the mirror. It's like, this is what I need to do to get better. Yeah, I mean, I'm not too worried about him, to be honest. I mean, he's been training every time we see him <laughs> no matter what especially last summer dear god with those um i forgot what those episodes were called but every they trust your work is what they're called yeah but it seemed like every single day he was just grinding it out and that's good to hear that he's training with <laughs> i mean the trainer that you know worked with steph and 
was there anything notable from CAA? I don't remember or recalling. CAA is a big agency. Like it's right up there with Clutch Sports. It's actually, I think, bigger than Clutch Sports. Oh. And it's a big agency, but like sometimes things just don't work out and you just switch agencies. It, it is mm-hmm. what it is. Um, I wouldn't read too much into that just yet until he's actually negotiating a contract as that's where it gets good. Well, the, well, it's usually the other way around. Usually guys switch to CAA or switch to clutch to, you know, get more money. Hmm, I see. Um, just a, l- a few extra tidbits. He, he, apparently he's gotten into Zodiac signs. Okay. Uh, he's also a Virgo. He's a, he's a Virgo apparently. And, uh, he also talked about a uh, Keegan. And he t- he talked about like Keegan coming out of his shell and just, you know, he's he's going to work. Basically, he's been working a lot like Keegan and that he's working like he, it looks like he feel Davion feels that Keegan's going to come out of his shell in his second season. And what that means is that he's going to be a lot more vocal on the court. Like he, he had a really funny uh, a, a, like kind of story talking about Keegan, just like whenever, you know, whenever there's a screen coming. Keegan would call out the screen, but he would do it in such a low tone that guys wouldn't hear it. And like guys will like tell him, hey, call out the screen. He's like, I did. You got to call it out louder. So that's kind of what he means by coming out of his shell. He's going to be, he, he feels that Keegan is going to be a lot more assertive coming into next year. So that's, that's interesting. I, I do wonder if that's going to be a thing. Oh yeah, that's good to hear. <laughs> I mean, we already love Keegan for what he is and what he does and I mean, the way he's also training as well. And hopefully, yeah, we'll see a huge jump from him, especially, you know, since he's coming off of a second year in the NBA. Yeah, and he's coming off of also, like, Team USA basketball. He's on the select team. He's not on the actual team. But, like, mm-hmm. you're around great players. So, like, you know, you find out how they work. You get to pick their brains a lot. Like, I, I'm expecting a, a, a jump. Now, I'm not saying, like, he's going to become a superstar or anything, but, like... I feel like he's gonna he's gonna be he's gonna like come out come out swinging a little bit. <laughs> Speak about swinging. I mean, I saw some pictures of him and Malik in the golf course. I think it was the Valley High Club. Uh, it said it was like the Midtown Club. I thought or something. I, I'm, like I'm that, not sure. You know? I'm doing a, some sort of tournament <laughs> at the moment. Yeah. Um. That that was really cool. Um, apparently he was also been just l- like endlessly lifting weights and playing one on one with Fox and Davion. So yeah, just just everyone's working. Like Davion's working. Fox just had a just had a video of him uh, practicing with uh, Luke Laux and I think um, Real Madrid. So that that's actually really cool. Hmm, that's interesting. Um, and then and then he also uh, Davion moved on to talking about uh, how Fox came out of his shell this season. He started to talk a lot more like to, to the team on the court and he's playing harder defense and, you know, just setting a good example for everyone. And, you know, like w- his relationship with Mike Brown, like just being able to coach him really hard. And yeah, it's, it, he basically just talked about like um, Fox becoming a leader and just coming into his own on that end. And that's great because it feels like in the early years of Fox, it just seems like he was more, I, I guess you could say less vocal out there in the court. He's just doing himself, I feel. And I guess we'll see in a team setting how much of that changes from him. Uh, also talked about just Sabonis being like crazy tough. Talked about how he played through that injury. And, you know, Davion even said, like, if he got the same, if he had the, gotten, gotten the same injury, he probably would have had the surgery and probably been out for, like, however long it took. So just talked about how just, just how tough he is and just, you know, he had a rough series, but he was, like, a legit leader out on the floor for them. So good to see, like, just everyone is just so connected with each other and just, you know, you can tell the chemistry of this team is very strong. Oh, yeah. So yeah, that's basically kind of the gist of the um, of the interview. If you skip to the very end, you can also like let uh, listen to Deuce ask Davion about his tattoos. Uh, apparently, he wanted to tell like just stories with his tattoos, and he just yeah, he went into storytelling mode. I guess like he, he got a, he got a lot. So yeah, we'll be seeing that on the court. Um, anything else? Well, you didn't watch it yet, did you? Uh, to Deuce and Mo. Yeah. No, not yet. It just okay. came out last night, right? Yeah, it just came out last night. So 
Yeah, do do uh, go and watch it when you can. Very good interview. Like Davion's a good inter- Davion's a good person to interview, and do some Mo are just really good at their job. Oh yeah, I definitely will. Okay, uh, another piece of King's news, uh, or pieces of King's news. Uh, Fox is the ninety four in two K now. Oh, okay. Not gonna lie, it sounds a little high, but I mean he deserves as much uh, praise, I guess, from. 2K as uh, he can, I guess. Listen, when you're drawing double teams from, you know, from the Warriors, like at, almost as soon as you try to attack, like you, you got something. And that that Warrior series really opened a lot of people's eyes because guess what? That was the first time a lot of people ever watched the Kings. Like Stephen A, whoever the hell was on first take that morning, like it, it brought a lot of eyeballs to the, the, this Kings team, even though they have been good all season. But it really put a spotlight on them. And again, like, I think he's going to be fighting Jamal Murray probably for that final all-star guard position th- this upcoming season. So, you know, like he, he's on, he's on the map now and, you know, yeah, 94 probably is a little high. Like granted, if you want to get into semantics, like maybe he's a 92 or 93, but 94 is really good. He's getting, he's finally getting the recognition. Oh Yeah. Uh, did they say anything about the other teammates or just uh, Fox? And I, I didn't read anything about it, so I couldn't tell you. Mm, I see. Um, okay, B-ball breakdown. Um, this was actually a while back too. Um, he made a he made a Sasha Vazenkov video. So if you're really if you're interested in how Sasha is going to fit into the team, that's actually a really good. Uh, it's actually a really good video, just breaking down like how he fits into the offense and. Like how you like he breaks his game down in a very digestible way. And he also kind of flashes some like defensive shortcomings and you know, just stuff like to, to maybe be concerned about, but it, it just it just further reinforces my thoughts on Sasha. He's gonna be really, really good for the Kings. Uh, I mean, I can't wait still. Uh you said this was an older video, right? Uh like old as in like a week old. Oh. Oh, I mean, that's pretty recent. <laughs> I sent you the video, by the way, if you ever bother to look at it, but okay. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, check out that video. Really good video. Just uh, all Kings fans should, should watch it. Bebop Breakdown has always been a great follow. Like, I, I've I've watched him since, like, 2010. So, yeah, basically grew up watching him. Hmm. Okay, uh, jumping on to just some final NBA news. Uh, Anthony Davis uh, signs in three-year extension. 186 million over three years. He still has two years left on his contract. Let me just pull up his contract right now. But basically, he's going to be pay- getting paid like upward, I think like 65 million his last year. Jeez, okay. <laughs> I mean, if <laughs> Jalen Brown's getting close to that in his final year, I guess why not Anthony Davis? Okay, so, so no, smoke track didn't actually. Oh, okay. So this year he's earning forty million. His last year sixty three million. Sorry, sixty three. A measly sixty three. Oh, just uh, five mil, four, five, six mil off from uh, Joan Brown. Do you think it's a good deal? <laughs> I mean, we are we're always going to say this. As long as Anthony Davis is healthy, it's a good deal. But if he's not, then it's it's gonna be a pretty stagnated uh what you call it opinion about this deal. Look, listen, I'm of the yeah, I, I I'm with you. If he's healthy, this is a great deal, and this is just the this is just the price of doing business. You have to pay. You have to pay like guys that are at his level this much money. There's no other choice. You're not gonna lowball him. You're not gonna like you know squeeze out some money squeeze out a few million dollars you have to pay him that money and you know you're paying for what's gonna like at least for the next few years now so towards the end it might be pretty problematic but you're paying for the best defender in the league like i know he struggled to guard Jokic. who the fuck doesn't so it's not a big deal he is legit the best defender in the league with like at his peak and like he had an incredible playoff run like his defense was on fucking point yeah, I mean, the more yeah, the more you mention it, it it is a great deal. It's just I, the back of my mind just says, I hope he's healthy for more than half of the season. <laughs> That's all. But 
it all comes down to the playoffs, really, right? Yeah, and he was amazing at the playoffs. And like mm-hmm. it really did it really did remind people, holy shit, he's really fucking good. Oh yeah, he was. So I, I think it's I think it's a good deal as long as he can stay healthy. And like here's the thing. Sure, he's missed a lot of games, but at the same time, like we just we shit on him a little too much, like for his injuries. Like he played, I think, more games than Steph last year. But we don't mm. talk about Steph being like frail. That's true. That is true. And, which is actually kind of a guard and big man thing. Like, think about it this way. Now, now granted, like, granted, Marvin missed a lot more games, but like, but like Fox misses a lot of games every year. But no one ever talks about Fox missing like was it 17 games or like 15 games a year. But like granted, Mar- again, Marvin missed a lot more, but like nobody talks about Fox getting like being a little bit frail sometimes. Mm-hmm. So it's just a thing. And yeah, ultimately, I think is I think it's a good deal. And yeah, go get that money. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he definitely got it. All right. OK, let's move on. Uh, that's enough uh, basketball talk. Let's get to the reason why we're actually doing this episode. It's for wrestling. Because uh, SummerSlam did happen over the weekend. Lots of stuff happened. Uh, let's go through them all, match by match. Um, you, you have had a chance to at least watch the highlights, right? I try my best because sometimes the highlights um, aren't the greatest. <laughs> they always cut out the good parts. But I got pretty much, the, I guess, the bigger picture of what has happened. Okay, well, let's start with the first match then. Uh, so Logan Paul defeated Ricochet. Um, I thought this was a fun match. It, it's it's a, it was a spot fest. It was just like they just do cool moves. Uh, there was some storytelling in it, but you know, overall, like it was a fun match. Um, I I it's not on my like top list of like best matches just because I'll be honest, not the biggest fan of Logan Paul. Although I will admit, incredibly impressive path. Like, just, you talk about a guy that just looks like an athlete, can do crazy athletic shit. Like, he, he is incredible at that. And, you know, everyone hates him. So, like, he just, he gets really good crowd heat off of that. So, like, he, he's been really good. Um, and he's he's really shown a real respect uh, for the wrestling industry, which I really appreciate. Still don't like him all that much, though. Yeah, but for all the spots he has done for Ricochet and for all the moves that he's done on Ricochet, I mean, he's definitely gone better each and every pay-per-view that he has appeared on so far. And, you know, for Ricochet, I mean, I I expect, you know, <laughs> Ricochet things to happen. It kind of, it, in, in a way, like, it's not as, I don't think it's as crazy as him versus Will Ospreay. It's kind of WWE's version of, like, Ricochet versus Will Ospreay, where they just flips, flips, and more flips. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Uh, Logan Paul beat Ricochet after a distraction from one of his entourage. Just handed him brass nuts, and he won, he won the match. And then he went on to fly over to, I believe it's Ohio? No, Dallas. To watch his uh, brother Jake Paul beat Nate, Nate Diaz. Oh, okay. <laughs> I guess good for him. I guess. I guess shout out to Nate Diaz. There is a funny. There is a funny thing about him where he really doesn't lose fights, even though he clearly lost that fight. He was not taking that shit seriously. It was actually pretty funny to watch towards the end. <laughs> yeah. uh, anyways, uh, Cody Rhodes uh, faced Brock Lesnar in a regular match. It was supposed to apparently have a stipulation, but I think they scrapped it last minute. But either way, basically, it's Brock Lesnar basically beating the shit out of beating the shit out of Cody, f5ing him all over the place, and Cody just keep coming back for more. And then ultimately, they get into a Kimura, into a weird Kimura lock fight, and then um, I believe Cody hits him with like three crossroads to finally get the win. I thought it was a fun match. Um, just that, like I talked about, you know, Logan Paul and Ricochet, like being just a spot fest with without much uh, storytelling. There was a lot of storytelling here, and, and guess what? Guess what? I like storytelling, and Cody Rhodes is really, really good at it. And Brock is the perfect monster to to like to like take that role of being that guy who just beats the shit 
out of the baby face. But the, the triumphant baby face just keeps coming back for more. That never say die attitude. So, yeah, I thought it was a really good match. I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, it was. And I'm kind of wondering what's going to happen afterwards, because it seems like the story kind of ends there with the handshake at the end. Yeah. So, like, I assume Brock's going to go away for a bit. And I assume he's going to come back to face Gunther at some point, which, woo, just the meat. Um, just, yeah, that's going to be that's going to be an amazing moment. Um, but uh, yeah, Cody seems like he's going to start a, uh, a feud with Seth. At least what that's what it seems, according to Raw. So, yeah, I guess it's good that they're going to move off of the story because this talk about something that is really getting old. Let's talk about something else getting old later. But, you know, I thought I thought this feud had gotten old by now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd say so, too. Uh, next up, the uh, SmackDown, well, not even the SmackDown Battle Royal. It's the Slim Jim Battle Royal because there was Raw Superstars in it. Uh, I believe this uh, this battle royal came about because Rey Mysterio got injured in their match, and I assume he was going to face Austin Theory on this show, who weirdly enough was on was in this match. Like I don't know why they, they didn't just make this the U.S. title uh, battle royal as well. Like why not just take that off of Austin Theory? He's, he's not doing anything with it. Um, but either way, uh, it was a fun little battle royal, and it basically was a vehicle to launch la night yeah it's like you say it's too bad you got you got to say with your chest come on yeah (laughs) yeah there we go there we go uh but uh what's you kind of threw me off there um yeah it's too bad that it, it wasn't for anything not even like a you know potential future match with Austin Fury as well. I mean, it's great that LA Knight won. Um, and I believe you said something about um, a, a storyline coming up for him. Uh, yes. So, uh, so th- yeah. After this, so he the final four. I, I forgot. I think it was Champ. No, uh, the final three was him, AJ Styles, and I believe Sheamus, and that yeah. was really fun. I thought. And, you know, they're he, they're really going to try and push him. And hopefully, like, this isn't, like, what LA Knight, this entire run, the the yeah movement, if you will, what's, what they were calling it, which kind of cringe. But, <laughs> like, what this reminds me of is kind of the Rusev Day-like thing, where something just got so organically over, but they refused to push Rusev for whatever reason. Like, they're actually going to try and do something with LA Knight, and... Yeah, they really should. Like, I'm. I don't think he should win the world title. Like, it, it doesn't have to be. Like, some some people are like, "Oh, this guy's popular. I like this guy. He should be a world champion." Not everyone's meant to be a world champion, but you can win the U.S. title. And I just don't know why they didn't do that. But out of this, they they are going to create a storyline with you know SmackDown star L.A. Knight against Raw star of The Miz, which is a brand split. Um, lol, but. Like they had a they had a killer promo the next the next night. It was it was like really good stuff of of just like contrasting careers and like Miz like bringing up how like he worked his way up to to get to this point and L.A. Knight saying like well that's because well the reason why you know why um what what was what was kind of the line it was like the the reason why like you worked in in or how you managed to kind of get to the point where you are was because you were willing to take that bullshit from the WWE guys. And like LA Knight would never take that kind of shit from them. <laughs> so essentially like, yeah, you kind of just got bullied and then they just, and then they just accepted you afterwards instead of like forging your own path like LA Knight. It was a great, it was a great promo. I'm, I'm not doing it justice, but I, like, I wouldn't say it's completely pointless because they are actually kind of following up on it. So that's a good thing. They they need to push LA Knight to something. Have him win the L, the US title. Just just do that. Like just put Austin Theory out of his misery right now. Because I actually I'm a, I don't know about you. I actually like Austin Theory. He's a good wrestler. He's a decent enough talker, but the, the, he has the stink of Vince McMahon on him, and that's his problem. He needs to get rid of that somehow. Mm. And it starts with him losing the US title and just doing something else. I mean, yeah, if he's not doing anything with that title, then might as well try to compete around the, I guess, WWE for for something, I guess. Yeah, he uh, was unceremoniously, like, 
eliminated with no fanfare whatsoever. So it's just like, wow, like, why was he even in here? Yeah, and it'll be also interesting what he would do after that, which I feel like, I don't know, I don't want to call him a job or anything, but I just can't see him in... There could be a storyline for all we know in the future, maybe. Who knows? They can they can do something with it. They just have to do it. That's the mm-hmm. problem. But anyways, uh, let, let's move on. Uh, Shayna Baszler versus Ronda Rousey. Um, it was an MMA rules match, and the only thing I'll say is like, why wasn't this just a submission submission match? Because they try to do basically like fake MMA, and like. They try to like, I guess, I guess the fundamental issue is that MMA is that you have to get when you get a punch off on somebody and it lands, it's ba- it's it like it's such a big deal. But it doesn't work in wrestling because the entire the entirety of wrestling is that you are punching people and you're landing punches. So like it, it just doesn't work. MMA does not really fake MMA does not work in a wrestling uh capacity. And like they they did their best, like they they like Ronda had a really cool like jumping knee, jumping off of like Shayna's knee, which that's just like just make it a wrestling match, like that that would just be a lot more cool in the flow of a wrestling match. And what it ended up looking like, ironically, is just fake fighting. <laughs> like and it was and it wasn't good. However, it was the right result. Shayna um, Ronda Rousey puts over Shayna Baszler, who chokes a uh, Ronda out in a Kukina clutch. It's it's good that Ronda's doing this on her way out, but they should have just did a submission match. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, if we were going to watch MMA, it's got to be in the octagon or UFC, of course. But yeah, this match was kind of it's it's different, I guess you could say. It's and not in a good way. Either. Yeah, it's. But you're so used to the wrestling aspect of the the yeah, and then you just add in the MMA aspect that you want to see from like US actual UFC fighters. Just a, it just doesn't mix and match like that. I'm I'm not here to watch an a wrestling match where no one lands punches <laughs> or like fake lands a punch. Like that's what they try to like they they try to just it, I hate it when wrestling tries to imitate other sports. Like wrestling is a, it's its own complete differently different animal, and it's just annoying when they try to imitate it because guess what? Like you would like the idea of wrestling is that it is these exaggerated things like exaggerated punches, exaggerated characters, and then you try to make it realistic and it just doesn't work because like you're you're I guess you suspend your disbelief in a way. And like you're you're expecting like much more flashier things. And when it comes to like real life, it's not as flashy. Fighting and fighting like normally is not is not flashy. And if you make it look like real fighting, it's just it just looks boring. It just looks like nothing's happening, essentially. So that that's kind of my two cents about it. It's not a great explanation of why this match didn't work, but ultimately this match didn't work. Yeah, pretty much. I don't want to say it kind of reminded me of the Money Mayweather match with Big Show because well that was better because like it's just like at least at least you had the size difference and like Floyd actually did a decent enough job of just playing the villain mm-hmm. but like it it's it's not it's not like both guys standing around doing nothing I, I would tend to disagree with that I think oh. it's just it, it doesn't feel it doesn't feel epic this one. And Even though it was supposed to. Yeah, you're you're right because I think if I remember correctly, Money tried to you know do his best to utilize his own skills against you know a bigger man who you know outweighs him in every class and is a wrestler. So yeah, you're right. All right, let's move on to Gunther versus Drew McIntyre. Um, I like this match. It was very fun. It was hard hitting. It's just tough because I watched two better versions of this match already. And unfortunately, this is number three. Like it like it's still a very, very good match. Very, very fun. But this is not as good as their their the triple threat of WrestleMania. And this is nowhere 
as good as Gunther versus uh, Sheamus last year at Clash of the Castle. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I guess I say so too. Um, I mean, it was up to par with uh, what you expect from Gunther and uh, Drew match, but uh, I mean, they did their uh, darn hardest to, you know, keep up with that match, I gotta say. Yeah, I thought I thought it was still really, really good. That the, the fucking clothesline that Gunther does is so fucking brutal. Like the the the, the last one he hit, like before he hit the power bomb to you know to win the match, like just a brutal clothesline. And yeah, Gunther is probably the best wrestler in, in the company right now. Just he every single match he does is just incredible, and is always like. He he just he's just a great wrestler. He's a hard ass hitter. He plays a great monster, and like the the storyline he's getting into with Chad Gable, which by the way the the Monday Night Raw before SummerSlam, brilliant like concept that they did with Chad Gable, just like having a beat the clock challenge and him not being able to put away Chad Gable. They kind of screwed it up by having a match right afterwards, but like still just you know. Having just ha- having that storyline, having the David versus Goliath storyline, and Chad Gable winning the number one contendership that went a very fun match. Like it's it's, it's gonna be so good. And Gunther is just he's 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 gonna break uh he's gonna break Honky Tonk Man's record, and he will be hailed as the greatest intercontinental champion of all time because fuck, he's had some great matches. Oh yeah, that's definitely gonna happen. And uh, yeah, I wonder what Chad's gonna do after all this. Then I mean, I'm guessing uh, what you might call it. Sur- is it Survivor Series next? Uh, I think that would be the big one next. But they do have Payback next. Oh, I see. That's like the big five part of the big five. I think Survivor Series would be the next five. Yeah, that's big five. I mean, but uh, yeah, it'll it'll be a good feud. I, I do wish they do it after Gunther. Like um, Gunther beats the record because. You know, you, you just want that little bit smidgen of hope that Chad Gable can win because he's not going to take it off of Gunther before he breaks the record. It's not going to be him, I don't think. So, you know, uh, like it's good that they're doing something with Chad. I do wish they kind of just looped an Otis to this as well. They they did uh, in Monday Night Storyline, but they just they just had Otis lose, even though there was a lot of interference. But like, I wish they could incorporate Otis better into the storyline because I love Otis. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like that'd be tough, though, wouldn't it be? Since, uh, I mean, Chad's his uh, guy. Yeah, but, like, Otis, like, you can fit him into any storyline. I just wish, like, he they just had him beat. I think it was Lud- Ludwig Kaiser, I think, was the guy that he faced. Like, just have him beat him. Like, it doesn't really matter. And just have him incorporate him into the storyline somehow. Because, again, Alpha Academy, besides, like, the bloodline, probably one of the best things in the in in wwe right now just it's a fun storyline with some fun characters and it's made these guys into stars in a way it's got <laughs> these guys oh not stars but like, it's gotten them over mm-hmm. oh yeah <laughs> so yeah the, gundam versus drew mcintyre was good it's just that there are there are it, what it's going up against in terms of just standard like it, it falls short but it's still a very good match mm. uh, you- oh go ahead Oh no, I was gonna ask because I wasn't able to see the entrances, but uh did Drew have his pyro? Because I heard he didn't. Well, his pyro is just fire, right? I don't remember if he did or not. I don't pay attention to it. Mm. Okay, never mind then. <laughs> but the sword thing is stupid, by the way. They should get they should get rid of it now. It just looks dumb. Hey, his his move his uh finisher is the claymore, so he's gotta hold the claymore. <laughs> If he, like the, uh, he's never going to use the claymore so like just i don't know it's just it's just it just looks goofy I mean, yeah <laughs> anyway anyways uh seth rollins versus there, there was a time i think he threatened to stab somebody with the claymore um but yeah, yeah that's just <laughs> shit sure he's gonna stab somebody to death like it's never gonna happen but anyways uh, next up was a uh, Seth Rollins versus uh, Finn Balor in a very very good match with a very like it was an incredible closing sequence like you know near falls that I completely bought into towards the end like there was one where I think um, Finn hit a pedigree 
And I thought that was the finish. And then there was like a bunch of distraction, which led to a coup de gras. And it, it and there was a stomp that uh that what's it called that uh, Seth did on Finn Balor, and like he he got, Finn got distracted by uh, I think Dam- Damien, and then he ran into a curb stomp, like and that was a near fall. An incredible match in, to, with two incredible workers. They even did a callback to the uh, barricade spot. The uh, what's it called the buckle bomb that um broke. Uh, I think it I think it, he had a separate shoulder. Finn got a separated shoulder from. And they, there was like some nice callbacks, some really great false finishes, but it ultimately ends with like Damian Priest sliding in the Money in the Bank briefcase in a very weird thing where you you do need to give your briefcase to the ring announcer, so I don't know why I slid it in. And and uh, Seth uh, curb stomps uh, Finn into the Money in the Bank brain, Money in the Bank briefcase. Uh, to get the win, and uh, they looked. Finn was very angry at Damien, and Damien was also very angry at uh, Priest, to Priest at Finn after the match. So, yeah, it's a it was a good match with some very interesting uh, storyline uh, implications. So overall, I really like this. Yeah, I mean that ending. I wasn't sure what, like was. Priest trying to give the case to um, Finn for to cash in for Finn or to cash in for himself. I think it's to cash in for himself because he is Mister Money in the Bank. And yeah. as far as I know, you can't just cash in somebody else's. You know, in in the kayfabe world, although that could change at any moment. Let's be honest. But you know, like it, it was really weird. I'm guessing he wanted him to use the briefcase to like hit. Um, to hit what's his face uh seth with it but it didn't work out and uh he got pinned because of it yeah <laughs> uh i thought it would be funny if uh somehow if finn didn't win priest would cash in right there and then <laughs> which could be where the storyline is heading although like with how they're treating finn balor now it doesn't look like he's going to win the title anytime soon but it does leave that intrigue of like just you know there is some dissension in the within the ranks uh between you know judgment day and you know it, it's like there's a lot of ways they could go about this and right now i'm not sure where they're going after uh, last night's raw oh yeah we shall see uh be, so the next match was a uh, bianca belair versus charlotte flair versus oscar uh it was a it was a very fun triple threat match all three are very good wrestlers um the ending sequence is basically um what was it? It was Charlotte putting uh, Bianca Belair in the figure eight, and uh, Bianca Belair had injured his leg, injured her leg. Uh, I think I forgot which leg, but like she injured her leg, and she was in the figure eight. And while she's in the figure eight and looking like she's about to tap, uh, Asuka mists Charlotte in the face. tries goes up to try and kick uh, Bianca to knock her out, but and she ends up missing the kick and gets rolled up. And that and Bianca wins the title back. I thought that was a pretty. I didn't like that finish. I just don't like. I just don't like the fact that Asuka lost this match. Like especially in that kind of way where you basically have two people that are like down and out. Like Bianca, sure she's conscious, she, but like she has an injured knee, and you basically just get rolled up by her because you were essentially dumb. <laughs> so, like I didn't like that finish. But they did kind of make up for it with the cash in. The cash in, I love this. I love the cash in. Hey, pretty much. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, uh, it was okay match. I mean, the ending, yeah, it could have been better. I feel like WWE is not giving Asuka the greatest support, in my opinion, but. I guess it is what it is. And it's yeah, it's too bad she had to lose that way because dear God, it was a pretty bland ending. But I'm- and it, I guess my thing is like, look, they're trying to do the Charlotte thing where she's go- she's probably gonna win it at some point too. Um, win the women's title again at some point. It's like they're mm-hmm. trying to get her to 16. Okay. Yeah. Why not just have Char- if you were just gonna if you were gonna pin Asuka. Why not just let Charlotte do it? Like Bianca, sure, 
uh, why not? But like, I thought it was a pretty flat finish. But as we mentioned, um, what's her, um, EOS guy does cash in in a very in just a really like you know really well timed cash in. I guess like I thought it was a perfect time to cash in, and she ends up cashing in. She ends up winning the title. And they celebrate, and also the injured Dakota Kai comes back. That was actually a really sweet moment, just seeing Dakota Kai there. And I hopefully, like this, hopefully it doesn't lead to Charlotte just winning the title at the next pay per view for no reason. I hope this like just lasts a long time, like this reign. Yeah, we're gonna have to see because it's just a whole new refresh. I feel for the you know women's division. Oscar uh, did get into a weird Twitter spat with someone. I'm pretty sure she was trolling. It's actually really hard to tell when she when she's trolling, but she she got into it with an EO fan, and it it, it was pretty funny to be honest. And uh, yeah, like it's just unfortunate to see her lose the title like that. I hope I hope she do, they do better with her because she deserves so much better. Like she's never been the focal point when she's been the women's champion, unfortunately. And I, I really do hope like she's, she's there's just something better for her down the line. Yeah. Um oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh no, I'm agreeing because yeah, she's she's only had sh- very short stints that felt like didn't mean much each time she had the title. I feel yeah, you're not you're not wrong in that. Like in the main roster anyway. Like in NXT, she was really good, but like even with Triple H booking her now, although you know Vince is always creeping in the background. Um like she's she's not had a good any real good main roster run, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, let's get to the main event: Roman Reigns versus Jey Uso Tribal Combat. Before this match, it's stated in the Tribal Combat rules: no one is allowed to interfere. If you watch this match, Solo is all over this goddamn match. So they they kind of they kind of went back on that, and it's. It's getting old, man. Like it's all there's always just so much interference at a certain point. I, I guess it, it will come because it looks like they're setting up solo versus Roman at some point, but it, the 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 outside interference is is getting old. Anyways, you know, it's a it's a it's a usual Roman match. You know, it's a slow build, and then it gets in well, there's no ref bump because this is a no disqualification match. It then starts to build up, there's bigger spots, and then and then uh, Solo interferes. Uh, Jay is able to take out Solo. And and he's able to hit uh, Roman with a spear. And then also the Uso splash. Looking like he's about to win. And then a, and then a mysterious figure pulls him out of the ring. And I think he super kicks him. And then he reveals himself to be Jimmy Uso. And yeah, I, so Jay is very confused after that. And ends up getting speared through a table. Roman retains. LOL. Yeah. I'm tired of this shit at this point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I thought it was I thought it was a horrible ending. I mean, I actually didn't mind if it went either way, whether if you know somehow Jay wins or you know, if Roman retains without the usual antics that he's been doing for every single pay-per-view but i guess it gives something to the story not a new breath but it's like it gives it a new breath i don't know if it's a good breath yeah it's it's like it's just gonna continue on i guess there's gonna be no end until probably wrestlemania maybe which just Like the the plan right now is uh Cody is going to be Cody again, which I'm not I'm not looking forward to. I get why, but like I'm not looking forward to waiting all the way until then. But my main issue here is that look, you can pin Jay clean, like Jay is you know like he's been amazing, like you know ever since this Bloodline storyline has has uh has started. But, like, the thing is, like, he, you know, it's okay for him to lose one-on-one against Roman because he's ultimately a tag team guy. Like, you can beat a tag team guy, and, you know, you can have him lose clean. It's fine. You don't need to involve Jimmy Uso. And, like, at, like, sure, like, don't get me wrong. Like, they've 
turned it around when I don't like the way that they've beaten baby faces. Like when they, uh, when Cody lost at WrestleMania, I thought, I thought they had fucking busted the entire storyline. They managed to recover. They could very much recover after this. Like, I don't like the idea of Jimmy versus Jay. I think that's stupid. Like, I guess they're going to get Sammy involved, like, would be the way I think you could save it. But, like, otherwise, it's like you didn't you didn't need the Jimmy Uso stuff. And, honestly, the storyline doesn't really make sense right now. I, look, SmackDown hasn't happened. Maybe they'll explain it then. But, ultimately, it's just it, it's just same old shit. And, and the worst part of it is, I thought if Jay, look, if Jay was going to lose, you needed something. And I was hoping it would be The Rock. They have been mentioning The Rock randomly um, on the broadcast, like going up to this, it ends up being a red herring. And it's just at, at some, like, I just thought they needed something to save it. Like you could, you could just have Roman beat Jay in a Jay like clean and it would be deflating. And then The Rock comes back and everything is saved. Look, I know it's going to be probably pretty hard to get the rock, but like they needed something, and it's just, there just was there there just was nothing before this. Yeah, I mean, my thought was after this match was maybe, uh, what you might call it, Sammy, KO, and uh, Jay versus <laughs> versus Roman, uh, Jimmy, and. Uh, so well so yeah it's either way it's not gonna be fun for until well i i'm actually okay with that but it it doesn't make sense in storyline it's just the jimmy stuff does you don't need the jimmy stuff like and also kale's injured right now so honestly you could do the usos and sammy versus um i don't know i don't know like roman solo and Heyman. I, i don't know (laughs) <laughs> you can make something out of that. You did not. You did not need the Jimmy stuff, and also the fact that they just have not. Like I, I think they're saving it for something. They still haven't had the elders. Like they haven't had the Wild Samoans get involved. They didn't have Rikishi get involved. Like it's like they're building stuff up, but it just feels like it's in a stagnant point. And again, we've seen this story so many times now. We saw it with Drew McIntyre. We saw it with, we saw it with uh, Cody, of course. We saw it with Sammy, and now Jay. Like at a certain point, I guess you're go- if you're going to run back the Cody stuff, I'm pretty sure they can make it good. They they've been able to just do that. I don't know how they do it, but man, it's it's just deflating every time, and it's done in the exact same way. Like I, we thought WrestleMania was the end of that. It, it was so it was such a deflating ending that it actually kind of ruined the entire show because everything going up to it was really good but then he just but then roman wins lol and it's just it just keeps happening yeah i mean let's hope for the best until you know the next pay-per-view which i mean like you said hopefully smackdown explains everything because i mean we're just all speculating at this point and you know as much as WWE is lingering on with this storyline, I mean, so far they've, yeah, they've made up something to compensate, I guess. Look, I have two dream scenarios for WrestleMania. Like either it'd be a triple threat, Cody, Cody, Roman, and Sammy, or you can just, or I don't know how they would actually do this because they're on different brands. Gunther Gunther versus Roman would be pretty fire. And that's a believable guy that I think you can have beat Roman. And you you will make Gunther for the next like decade. Ooh. I don't think it will happen, but you know, like one can dream. Yeah. I mean it's an option for WWE. It's just there's not many other good options left for them. Yeah, just running back the Cody thing is a bit deflating. I, I get it. Finish the story. You got to face adversity. I think. I think that. I think that ship has sailed. But hell, they might pull me back. Like they've been again. They've been amazing at doing this. It's been an amazing storyline. So many twists and turns. I think this is a pretty bad one, and we'll see if they can. We'll see if they can like fix it. Roman mm-hmm. also got injured in this match, so that's great. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I heard. So, yeah, it's just 
Was, yeah, it was a, deflate, a deflating finish, deflating ending. So what was a pretty good, what was an overall pretty good show uh, overall, but just that ending. Again, the, the match, I, I love the match, the, the build up to it, but just uh, I'm not all that looking forward to the next part, honestly. Yeah, I mean, we shall see. Yes, we shall see. Okay, well, that's all I have on my notes. Uh, do you have anything else you want to quickly talk about? Oh, I don't think so. I mean, preseason still a month, not even a month away. Uh, whatchamacallit, two months away. <laughs> uh, and uh, football season's, I mean, preseason's coming up for that too. So I guess excited for that. I don't know anything else that you have in mind. Um, not really. I've been, I guess, I've been like reading like these uh, little comics on Instagram a lot. Like lately, I've gotten into this thing called this account called Buddy Gator Comics. Really cute little like comic of just like a bunch of these like animal buddies hanging out in the wild. Uh, I've been just reading a lot of that. Uh, there's also this uh, really cool um, comic that I've that I've found on Instagram called the Beachy Mao. It's uh, basically these the this Malaysian I think pretty sure it's a girl creator who just draws these like really like really like great stories using cats. I, I don't know why I resonate with with that as much as I do. I, I am I am a big cat guy, but like something about just having cats as the main characters does, does something for me. Um, so that that's something I've been doing a lot lately. Uh, any do, what what what's your hobby? How about that? <laughs> well, I'm trying to reread uh, Sam Dunn because I I mean it's been so long for that. So there's that. Um, what else? Any shows that popped up that are interesting so far from my eyes? I mean try to get into Zom 100 and you know somehow I'm trying to finish up uh, Kuroko and I'm <laughs> you, you'll be pretty surprised at what episode I'm on at the moment compared yeah. to what we <laughs> talked about yeah I'm not gonna ask you I'm not gonna ask you right now because I imagine that would go into another 20 minute rant but yeah um i yeah we so yeah if if you haven't had a chance to do listen to our uh episode our, our last two episodes it's kind of a special thing where so we did we did one on kuroko and it's an anime about basketball of course it's an it's an anime so it has a lot of like elements of that but it's also like very goofy in a way too in a good way and you know if Sometimes you just want to relax and just not take something too seriously. Like Kuroko is actually a great way to kind of release uh, that that kind of like tension, if you will. And then uh, we also did a, a Naruto rewatch after an entire year of promoting it. We finally actually put it out. Uh, episodes twenty six to thirty. So yeah, do do give that a list. Do give that a listen or a li- listen. Like it's just something to do, something to listen to while we're just uh, while we're just kind of begging for basketball news during like kind of the, the the dry season, basically. So, yeah, if you get a chance to listen to those, um, yeah, we'll be probably coming out with another retro epos, uh, uh, retro game review uh, later on, like just watching a game from a Kings game from the past, and then we'll review it, and then kind of also like do some research about like just some of. Uh, kind of the storylines going around at the time like we did with uh, the Minnesota the Kings versus uh Minnesota game uh on was it January 27 2020 so yeah stay tuned for that uh otherwise uh other thing I guess the other thing we're doing we're playing a lot of Diablo um I just managed to get to world tier three uh, I do I I am starting to actually like it because I'm actually not dying in- instantly anymore so that's a good thing yeah they they made a lot a few quality of life updates uh today so hopefully um things are coming into the better for them but so far there's still a lot of stuff that needs to be done <laughs> because uh yeah i mean i'm already close to the end game so hopefully uh things will come rolling around in the future you're not at the end game yet 
do you consider 81 endgame? I, I, honestly, I, I don't know. It's a lot higher than what I am. So, you know, I, I don't, I have no clue if that is the end game or not. Yeah. I mean, it's still a grind. Jess got my Tempest Roar for those Druid mains who don't know what that means. It, it means a lot. <laughs> well, either way, um, just, uh, yeah, we're just, we're just, we're just chilling now. Uh, just waiting for more Kings news. But while you're waiting for more Sack Kings therapy episodes, do check out our, some of our most recent ones. Uh, you know, we put a lot of work into those. So yeah, do, do get, give those a listen. Um, otherwise, uh, that's all I have. Uh, anything else you want to add? Mm, I don't think so. Let's hope that more news or maybe more, uh, what should we call it, interviews will come out for the Kings because I, I feel like a Keegan one might be coming up soon. Yeah. Uh, stay tuned for all of that. Otherwise you guys have a great evening. Um, if you guys want more t- random things to talk about, I guess email us if you email us, comment on the comment on the episodes, and we will read, I guess read them. And yeah, it, we will also answer them if you have a question for us. So otherwise, um, thank you guys for listening. Uh, we'll be back soon with more episodes. Yeah, we'll see you guys later.